Hello, and welcome to Songs for the Struggling Artist, the blog cast. My name is Emily Rainbow Davis, and I am happy to be talking to you. It feels like it's been a really long time since I did one of these, but it's really only been a week. So uh, I went to a conference. That's why I think a conference is one of those things that just, even if it's only a couple of days, which this one was, it still feels like a, a, a month, a month so much stimulation, so many people to meet, so many people just like in one room. Woo. Uh, yeah. So um, I went to a writer's conference, the Society for Children's Book Writers and Illustrators, a society which I joined a few months ago. Um and you know what's funny? I mean, it's also new to me, like this whole writer's world. Um, like publishing world is so different on one hand and on another hand, exactly the same. Like there's just something so interesting about switching mediums, especially in the arts, I think, because it's just like the same structures exist from thing to thing. Um, you know, there's gatekeepers in every location. There's, um, there's jargon. There's, um, I don't know, similar like structures designed to separate gatekeepers from those who are seeking to be let into the gate. Um, yeah, it's just remarkable. So the blog that I'm reading today uh, has nothing to do with the conference that I just attended. Um, If there are posts coming about that, they will be a little while. Um, But this one is is about uh, theater, which is funny, given that I keep trying to quit it. Um, And even going to this conference is is a way, I think, to to branch out. and maybe, maybe be able to leave, but it, it doesn't, doesn't look likely. Anyway, um, here is this post, this, this blog, and it is called, In Which I Try to Defend My Seemingly Terrible Choice to Dedicate My Life to Theater. Theater is part of me. It has been since I first learned about it in preschool. My preschool teachers were actors, and there has never been anyone cooler before or since. Even if I quit theater making tomorrow, I'd still be a theater person. It's almost a physical characteristic at this point. Oh, she has blue eyes, curly hair, and theater. Other people who have theater in their bones know what I mean. They know how inevitable it feels, how compulsive, how deep. The people without this quality cannot fathom why theater has so much power over us. Why do we continue to do it despite the heartbreaks, the inconsistency, and the hopelessness of the entire enterprise? Oh, how I wish I knew the answer. Theater is not logical. It may have been once, back in the old days, when it was the only place a community could really gather, when it provided the only drama or comedy around. But now, 
When we can get our stories on screens of all sizes, it no longer has the urgency it once did. Why gather in person to watch something if we can gather virtually? If you have theater in your blood, as either a theater-goer or maker or both, you know why. If you don't, I'm not sure how to capture the magic spell the rest of us are under. Why do we go to it? Why do we sacrifice for it? Why do we dedicate years of our lives to its charms? A few years ago, after a friend's benefit for her theater company, a few of us were out for dinner afterwards, and a friend said to his wife, Why does she still do this? Every year, she keeps going and going, and it never gets anywhere. Even though he was talking about our friend, not me, I still experienced the words with the heat of a white-hot poker. Why does she still do this? Fact is, this is a question I used to fear that people were asking about me all the time. Every time I sent out a fundraising letter, I'd hear that voice saying, why does she still do this? Every time I promoted another show, why does she still do this? Every time I'd have to ask a new round of people for assistance, why does she still do this? When we first started our theater company, people responded with great enthusiasm. They were sure we'd be the next big thing. As were we. As a culture, we respond to the new. I've seen this happen to other fresh-faced theater companies when they first get started. Folks on Kickstarter love to fund that brand new project for someone to follow their dreams. But just the first dream. Maybe the second. After that, everyone expects you to have made it by now and begins to resent your asking. But the truth is, in contemporary American theater, almost no one makes it. And even if you do make it, i.e. you're produced on a nationally recognized stage and get publicity and stuff, because we have no national arts funding to speak of, you will still be asking everyone for money. In fact, you'll be asking for more and more money as your budgets get bigger and bigger the more making it you are. Why do we still do this? My worries about hearing why does she still do this have faded, and the question has now become, why do I still do this? The longer I keep at it, the less I worry about what other people might be thinking. Now I ask myself, whenever I return to the theater, to the work, to the heartbreak, why do I still do this? I know why I want to. I know how it starts. It starts with inspiration, with an idea I want to see realized. It's this ridiculous thing called art that calls to me where I cannot help but do it no matter how little encouragement I receive. Many of us cannot be talked out of our art by the forces pressing on it. The sheer numbers of painters, sculptors, writers, and composers who died unrecognized with no assurance from the outside world are staggering. We count among them many of our greatest. But no one wonders why Van Gogh still painted, why Kafka still wrote, 
They made things because they had to make things. Not to make it, but to make. I'm the same. So is my friend who never gets anywhere. I started this essay a decade ago, and I am still making theater, no matter how much it breaks my heart and seems to not be worth it sometimes. As time goes by, the putting on of shows becomes harder and harder to do, more and more draining. It feels less and less sensible to keep at it. Is the satisfaction of seeing my inspiration realized enough? Is it worth the agony to get my ideas to the stage? I'll be honest with you. Sometimes it isn't. Sometimes it is not worth it. So I got my idea up on stage, so? So? A handful of people saw it, a small percentage of them were moved, so? Grantmakers measure a company's worth in how many people were present that saw a piece of work. My company does not get those grants because we do not reach a lot of people. Maybe that means I should just quit. Sometimes I really think I'm going to. I can do so many other things, after all. Perhaps I could be satisfied with fiction, with music, with writing about art, but... We could just go on, dreaming of our future audiences who will, one day, understand what we are trying to do while they miss it today. The major difficulty is that because our medium is live and ethereal, as theater makers, we don't really stand much of a chance to be recognized when we're gone. But it doesn't matter. We still do it because it is what we do. Van Gogh painted because he painted. Kafka wrote because he wrote. We put on shows because we put on shows. And that is why she still does this. So I, I did really start that post 10 years ago, at least. Um, and, and I actually combined kind of two... The th a thing I was writing more recently with that post from 10 years ago, because um, they're essentially the same idea. Like, why am I doing this again? <laughs> uh, and I think in a way I wrote this to, um, to see if I could like really quit. Like, could I, can I quit? Can I not do this to myself ever again? And maybe I don't have to. I, I, don't, I don't know. The other alternate post that this post almost was was one where I declared that I was quitting theater and that's it and I'm not doing it ever again. Goodbye, everybody, forever. <laughs> but um, that's really not true. Um, I, think, I think I am changing my relationship with theater, but the thing of it is I have to realize, like, it's just, it's just in me. Um, I think that's that's what I discovered in writing this particular take on that old essay. Um, yeah, it's not going anywhere. I may never, you know, produce another piece again. 
Uh, but I'm still a theater person. Like, it's just not going away. That's, that's impossible. Um, but, yeah, I may have had my fill of self-producing. <laughs> I'm giving my, this is what it is. I'm giving myself permission to never produce another piece of work if I don't want to. So, there you are. Um, do not consider this my retirement, because it's not. Um, but, yeah, it's permission. <laughs> and if you want to quit something or not do something anymore that you don't want to do, I also give you permission to not do that thing anymore. And only do it when you just can't help yourself. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, I was trying to think of, like, what song... I uh, wanted to put here and I thought I was like oh aren't there any songs about theater and loving theater and I couldn't think of any and then I was like oh I I ha I wrote a song that's exactly that's exactly it I have the perfect song I wrote it <laughs> um I wrote it many many years ago um 20 20 years ago 20 plus years ago yeah 20 plus 20 maybe 25 years ago um and I was like oh but I can't put that because I'm sure I've recorded it before and put it on some previous podcast and I looked and I have not recorded this song before as far as I can tell if you listen to it and you're like oh yeah Emily you totally did <laughs> then please do tell me. But I, if I have recorded it before, I could not find it. So um, this is a new new take if I have. And, and I actually don't think I have recorded it before because what I discovered when I did record it is how hard it is to record, um, which explains why I haven't recorded it before. <laughs> I think I tried it before and then it was like, oh, this is impossible. So... Um, what this is, this is, I think, a first attempt, a first approximation, as we say in the Feldenkrais world. This is my first approximation of this, of this recording of this song. Um, partly for technical reasons, I think it needs another, um, visit, uh, because, um, I, when I play it on my electric through my amp, I'm able to get this kind of interesting delay that my amp can do that my computer cannot. And um, I have just worked out the piece of technology that I need to make such things more possible, like to be able to record from the guitar into the amp and then from the amp into the computer. Um, it's much more complicated than I would have imagined. But, and even the guy at Sweetwater, which is the like big music, um, like mu instrument supply, but, but, but like he didn't even know what it was. He sent me all kinds of crazy stuff that was not the answer, but I know now know the answer. Um, I need, I think a preamp is the way to, to get the amp to work. Anyway, so I'm, I hopefully will find a way to get a preamp and then I will give this song another go. Um, but meanwhile, this is a song that I wrote when I was studying abroad in Florence in Italy during college. So it is an old song. Um, and it was really 
inspired by a bunch of stuff that I was learning in my historical anthropology class or anthropology history class. I'm actually not sure what we actually called that class, but um, I was really fascinated with um, the pageantry and the and the sort of spectacles and theaters shows that um, that that people were putting on in um, in the olden times in Italy. So that's what inspired this song. Uh, but it ultimately is about um, theater and the love of theater. Damn it. <laughs> the horrible, horrible love for theater. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway, so uh, I'm going to put that song for you here in just a moment. Before I do that, though, I'm just going to remind you that I am on Patreon. There are two ways of supporting me on Patreon. You can either do it on the paper blog post style which is where you say, like, I'm going to give you a dollar every time you post a blog or whatever it is. Um, and you can set a limit on that if you want to do that. So that one is patreon.com slash Emily R. Davis. Uh, and the other one, if you prefer the membership model, which I've just kicked off, um, that address is Emily Rainbow. It's patreon.com slash Emily Rainbow Davis. So you could go there and be the first person. You could be the first person to support me there if you would like, which would be awesome. Um, other things, you can follow me on Twitter, at eRainbowD. Uh, you could support me on Coffee, Kofi. At one point, I'm going to learn how they say their name. Um, K-O-F-I. Uh, I am there. I think if you just look, Emily, look up Emily Rainbow Davis anywhere, you can find me. Or PayPal. All of these things are a great way to give a struggling artist a leg up in this world. Um, is that all, all the business things I need to tell you? Yeah. Do any of those things? Oh, join my mailing list. If you haven't joined my mailing list and you probably haven't since I only have three people on my mailing list, uh, you can do that on my website, which is emilyrainbowdavis.com. It's just a little window that pops up that gives you the opportunity to give me your email. And I promise you, I won't email you all the time. Um, it'll be once a month tops because I do not love emailing. That is just the truth. So, uh, though, all those things. And now I will sing to you. This is a song called I am the one. my hammer and nail, I'd build a beautiful wheel to sail the stage, but it turned the page, the time isn't right, there is war and love to
After months of war days, he came to me to say, Who will stage my pageant play? And looking down at his feet, I'd say, I'll start today. Forget, Forget to, to kneel. kneel.